Hey, I'm your girl, Kimmy. In this week's episode, we talk about adult autism. This is a really transparent topic. So join us on the court as we discuss having autism as an adult. Good afternoon, ladies. How are you today? Doing well. We are great, 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 great. Everybody looks great. Welcome, Melissa. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm glad that you are here. Um, This is going to be a really um, transparent and um, substantive episode because I've been thinking about it all night. I'm going to be honest, since our, you know, our little um, briefing yesterday, I've been thinking about it all night. Um, So I'm not going to steal anybody's thunder because this is Keisha's show today. It's not my (laughs) show. This is Keisha's show. (laughs) So Keisha, take over. All right. Well, welcome, welcome, welcome to Let's Chit Chat, Sis. And we are so honored today to have this special lady with us. As um, women, we have we wear a lot of hats. We are uh, mothers. We have um, jobs. We are responsible. And then we, what if there are other things that we're dealing with? We have a young lady here, um, Melissa Smith, who's here to talk about her story because she is a mom. And she is an educator and she is um, an author and, and a whole lot of, she wears a, a lot of different hats, but she's also a, an adult that is dealing with autism. And so we're going to, we are happy and honored to have you today to share um, your story with us. So uh, I'm not going to talk long. I'm going to let Melissa take the floor. So <laughs> Melissa, just give us uh, a backstory first. Okay, so um, I've understood basically what autism was for a long time. I've worked with children with autism. I have an uncle with autism. But it wasn't until um, my son was diagnosed with autism that all these things that I felt I had in common with my students or people in general with autism, I started to say, well, maybe this is me too. Because I, we usually see people with autism as not being able to function, all the negative things that come with um, living in our current society um, where they could be at a disadvantage, where it's not as much of a disadvantage for me that it would be for other people. Um, Also, the definition that we have for autism probably needs to change a little more. And there are many experts in the field with autism Mm-hmm. who are working towards that. The neurodivergent movement is pretty awesome in representing us by us and saying we are not crippled. We are not, it's not really a disability. You can be disabled with it, but it in, in itself is not a disability. Um, so for our listening audience, can you just give us what is the definition as it is currently for autism? As it is currently, um, it is, listed in the DSL as a um, mental disorder that um, affects your sensory input and um, your emotional, um, your empathy, your, uh, it's a change in the process in which you take in information that makes it harder to function in life. Okay. Okay. And I, I want to just piggyback on that. I think that, um, everybody on the autism spectrum is probably being lumped into one. Maybe that's probably why they're going back and reevaluating, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. 
you know, because um, there's some nonverbal autistic people, you know what I mean? Then there's fully functioning autistic people, you know, as, as well. Um, so I'm glad you brought that up, that they're going back and, you know, re-examining, you know, the, the people and maybe getting some some actual f- feedback from people who are living with autism um, day in and day out. Um, I'm, I'm not going to minimize a child, you know what I mean, because of what space they're in. But, you know, look at the spectrum all the way across, you know what I mean? Look at people who are um, in their 50s or 60s or something like that and how they think about it. I, I'm just going to say this. When I was younger, and maybe Chauncey and, and, and Keisha, you can chime in on this. When, when we were younger, it was only the people that you would consider really disabled had right. autism. You see what True. I'm saying? So I don't even know if we had missed a whole block of people who haven't even been, you know, um, diagnosed. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, because I hadn't heard growing up, I didn't hear of autism. Autism was something I did not even hear of until I had children right. myself. Yeah. Right. Yes. And they usually only diagnose males. Um, at one point I was told only girls have it if it's severe. Um, and then um, it's it's only been within the last, I think, in the last 10 years that they've changed um, Asperger's to being on the autism spectrum so technically i would be asperger's but we've the, they've changed the definition um to being a full spectrum because we don't want to take away from the abilities of people with um without verbal um, communication because some of them are like quite brilliant but they would still yeah. be considered um asperger's simply because they don't talk mm-hmm. where um people who can talk with autism may have more severe issues with other things that isn't as prominent to neurotypicals because neurotypicals mostly rely on social constructs and social constructs have a lot to do with socializing and talking. So that, that to me, I have to consider their point of view and seeing us the way that they do. So even considering their point of view, Melissa, um, can you just give us just a backstory on how you were diagnosed with autism? Um, I am technically self-diagnosed. I haven't um, gone through the process yet. The process is going to be harder for me because I am 39 and just finding out uh, a lot of how they find out is by asking about behaviors from your parents and from school and a lot of that is gone. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I, I've, uh, I've even tried myself to ask my parents, well, do you remember this? Or do you remember that? Because I remember those things. Right. And um, it's also financially outside of my realm right now, too. Um, also, like you, like we said, um, the idea of autism is seen as only the really um, uh, disabled. I've right. seen a lot of um, people on TikTok trying to get their diagnosis, knowing for sure, especially if you're on the Asperger side. Um, If you think you're autistic, you're 90%, 90% of them are right. Right. Um, Because we are, because of the way we are, we do like to do our research. I've taken about six tests online from all doctor's offices that do um, autism testing. Um, They are not in the country and (laughs) they don't take insurance. So (laughs) it's difficult. Yeah. Um, even at my age, it might not even be necessary because the accommodations that would have to be put in place 
with um, an actual diagnosis is not necessary for me. My accommodations are what I do with my own self and my choice. <laughs> but that that leads to the next thing, which what? How do you cope and as, as an adult with diagnose uh, with um, autism? Are there different or special techniques that you may use to 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 help you? Um, I've mentioned um, often that instead of looking people in the eye, I can look at their eyebrows or their eyelid or between their nose. A lot of people will say like between your nose. Um, I can, I, I like the feel of like baggy um, wide leg pants and people can't tell if I'm walking on my toes because they can't see my feet. I've also noticed that people don't look at my feet. Um, I have to uh, realize what is going to overstimulate me and how I'm going to plan the rest of my day, the rest of my week, based on what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. If um, there's going to be a big event at school, um, I need to know the day before or the day after. Maybe I not go grocery shopping. Maybe I not. I, I may just need to stay at home and play Minecraft the day before and after <laughs> uh, in my bed. Yeah, because it's it's just too much stimulation for me. Um I have to do those things. Uh, a lot of those things I do um, at work because I do work with kids on the spectrum as well. Um, if they're starting to get frustrated, I know it's going to frustrate me. And we can stem together. I can pull them to the side and we can hop or we can hop on the trampoline or uh, recess. Um, I'll be a monster and chase them because they need to run and I need to run. Mm-hmm. Um, there are certain days of the week. I know that I need to go to the gym and just be on the treadmill. (laughs) Um, Powerlifting is something I also like to do. Um, uh, Deep pressure is something that soothes a lot of people, but especially on the spectrum because we are sensitive to feel. Um, That's just like having a a weight, like when we do Mm -hmm. kids have a weighted blanket on. So you're saying having something that that Mm -hmm. keeps you. puts mm-hmm. pressure on your body. Yes. So powerlifting does that. I do have a weighted blanket that I sleep with now. Uh, <laughs> uh, even running gives that repetitive pressure that is really soothing. Uh, so getting going to the gym, getting on the treadmill helps a lot. Um, I know I can't go so many days without doing that. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, um, I actually just downloaded a book from Audible called Unmasking autism because people um my age around my age if we're not diagnosed we don't know what our autistic traits are because we've been taught constantly not to do those things like I can still remember sitting in church fiddling my fingers and my mom's like no (laughs) no (laughs) you know it's funny you said uh, and you and Keisha said something about the weighted blanket the weighted um things you need to put on yourself I never knew that was, um, it's also a, a, a trait of people with autism because my daughter actually takes pillows mm-hmm. and put it on her legs. Mm-hmm. So she gets, and I'm talking about, you know, the dog on orthopedic pillow that, you know, my grandmom had, but like a sandbox bag. She has, I actually bought her one of them and then she had them all piled up on her legs when she goes to sleep at night. And then she has this one little pillow. And you this mm-hmm. is gonna sound crazy. This one little pillow 
that she had since she was like five. I think get washed one more time, I'm it's going to disintegrate. <laughs> but she can't depart from it. You know what I mean? She mm-hmm. cannot part from it. Um mm-hmm. so it's it's a lot of little things I think that you know come to the forefront. So um I have a question. Go ahead. <laughs> Um, So the question I have for you, Melissa, is I know that we speak of Asperger's. I know that we speak of autism and I know that there is a spectrum. It sounds as if Asperger's might be more inclined towards adults as opposed to or maybe someone older that might be diagnosed with it. Or is it just traits of the spectrum that deciphers it from autism versus Asperger's? It's parts of the spectrum. Um, there are children with Asperger's, my son being one of them, okay. <laughs> very much so. And um, the, what you said about your daughter with the the pillows, um, I've always had, like, um, my aunts have made my sister and I these quilts, um, crochet quilts, mm-hmm. and I fold them up and they would be on the bottom of my legs. And I've always had to sleep that way. Like even with the weighted blanket, if I don't have the weighted blanket all all the way on me, it's down. At my, I all I can't sleep without pressure on my ankles. That's her. <laughs> That's her. So let me ask you a question. Um, you already express your mom. You know, what I mean, you have a, a a son that has Asperger's. I can I, I can imagine your home is very creative. You know, what I mean, <laughs> I can imagine you guys do a lot of fun things together. But tell us a little bit about your experience as being a parent, um, as having autism yourself and your child being on the spectrum as well. Um, Well, especially also since I went to college for early childhood Mm -hmm. um, and worked with special needs kids uh, like seven years before I had him, um, a lot of things were already in place that were needed for him. So I knew that he would need a schedule even if he before I suspected well, I've always suspected, but um, even before I knew for sure that he was Asperger's, I um, I had a special schedule for him. Um, I had um, certain sensory things in place for him to get out his energy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, two-year-olds need that anyway, but he needed even more. Like, it was always that. Um, he caught on to numbers really fast. He went to kindergarten with a third grade math level. Um, uh, he, he, he's obsessed with numbers and math. His pretend play is way beyond, um, his age level. Mm -hmm. He, he'll get, oh, one of the things that he's had to work with at school was, um, getting frustrated with the other kids because they're not, they're, they're, they're still doing that. Why? Um, at home, we do a lot of parallel play. Um, a lot of what we do together are the sensory things like running and skating, um, going out to the playground and climbing and stuff. But um, most of the time we're both um, on our com- our, <laughs> our computers um, looking at whatever we want. Um, and he's often coming to me, explaining to me all the cool stuff that he's found out online. I do get to watch and keep up with what he's seen because mm-hmm. he is he's not that far from me. I I can see everything and monitor and discuss what he sees. Um, my biggest concern was that he didn't lose his confidence. I know that um, autism or Asperger's come with the stereotype that we are socially inadequate. Yeah. And a lot of it is the stigma and the trauma that we have from um, 
not being confident in our bluntness and our uh, logical truth. Um, a lot of people can't handle that. And it's tough, especially as a teenager or a preteen. Um, you say something that is logical. Teenagers aren't logical most of the time. <laughs> so if you you're you're trying to be logical as a teenager the other teenagers don't want to talk to you which is pretty mm. traumatizing um and when you uh, well especially when I grew up um being told most of the time that a lot of things that I did uh would be seen as crazy don't do that right um, mm-hmm. I wanted him to grow up knowing that uh it's okay to be you and you don't have to be scared of every aspect of yourself because that's how I grew up most of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where, um, especially on TikTok, I hear other autistics talking about um, why they're scared to talk to other people. It's not autism that keeps us from talking to other people. It's the reactions that we get from the neurotypicals and the we're not as secure in ourselves to to uh, not brush off or understand right. why they have those reactions. Yeah. So that leads to the, the next question about how you make friends or maintain relationships. Maintaining relationships is weird. Um, I'm not sure I know how to do that. Um, uh, <laughs> I don't know how to do it either. <laughs> when, I mean, if... If someone calls me, like, oh, you call me occasionally, and yeah, I'm going to answer it. But if it doesn't come to mind or if it does come to mind to call you, there's, like, I shouldn't do that. I'm going to be bothering her. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. Um, social media is a lot easier because if I can just put out a message saying this and then and anyone who wants to talk to me can just talk to me, that's easier. Um, someone on TikTok had a really... Um, good idea. Well, it's something that she actually does. She has a group of friends that are um, neural um, divergent and they have their own social structure of how they get together and do things like they have adult parallel play. If they want company, they, they feel free to tell people I can have company at this time. I will be doing this. If you want to come over and bring whatever project you're doing so that I'm not necessarily, um, having to socialize necessarily because right. in a neurotypical setting like that you're expected to give that other person your attention and do things with them um, that's whereas, a form of parallel play really because you're coming over the person is coming if i'm understanding mm-hmm. correctly the person is coming over but you're doing your thing they're doing their thing but you're together right that, yeah mm-hmm. okay. because we do crave like human connections and stuff we just don't connect the same way other people do. <laughs> and, and that, you know what, Melissa, that um it's some words that you're using that I think that our audience, I like you said, um what is it? D- uh, divergent. Say that word again. Uh, oh, neural divergent. Divergent. Explain real quick. Okay, neurodivergence are people like um that uh, well autism, dyslexia, um What's the other one? Um, Tourette's. Um, just different uh, outside of how people normally do things. Okay. Um, when I say neurotypicals, it's yes. what is textbook. And all the neurodivergence are outside of textbook. That doesn't include things like narcissists, social paths, because their, their brains work in a different way, too. But it's not 
<laughs> it's not on the same level. <laughs> That's um, more sociology, right? <laughs> right, right. And, and people aren't necessarily born narcissists or social paths. Um, this is something that's really interesting to me too, because narcissists um, find autistics, even if you're not diagnosed, a very easy target. So, but when we do our research and understand it, because we don't understand social cues as often, because we take things logically, like um, so, someone, like uh, even at work, um, we have um, someone at work every day would say, "What's up." And I have to remind myself not to tell him about the weather. <laughs> That's what, or, or what's actually going on. I have to, I literally have to translate in my head. He's simply saying, hi, I don't have to tell him any information, even though it sounds like he wants information to me. Right. So um, when you think that way, and especially when you're already traumatized from having social interactions that haven't quite worked out, um, it's really easy for um, a narc- any form of narcissist to um, control that. And yeah, a lot so of you, time- So oh, you could fall victim to gaslighting very easily. Yeah. Well, until we learn about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And that, okay. was, that was one thing that the neurodivergent movement wants for the future of autistics to um, understand what gaslighting is and also understand that... Um, People with autism are very, um, we get, when we get on a train, we stay on that train. Right. Uh, and uh, what a narcissist will do is try to take you off of it. But we feel like we're wrong for staying on our train because, you know, all neurotypicals don't like that. But that's the perfect defense against a, a narcissist. Mm-hmm. And when you don't know that, you feel like you're wrong for not doing the thing that is going to get you in trouble. But we we need to learn that it's okay to be stubborn sometimes because, you know, if you're right, you're right. Like, if I know that I need to do this for me, I need to be stubborn and say, this is right for me. No, you're not guilting me into doing anything else. Right. That's a really good point. Um, And everything you're saying, Melissa, is so relatable. And I, I will go back to that again. But... The point about a narcissistic person, you know what I mean? I think about people that have interacted just in my life, you know what I mean? And um, how I have the ability to either go along with that game that sometimes narcissistic people play, you know what I mean? Or um, not, you know what I mean? But I think about how things have happened in the the course of, because some people I think are intentional narcissistic people and some people don't even know they're narcissistic. You know what I mean? They just have these these tendencies. So I think about um, even like parenting uh, my daughter and I think about the the people she have interacted with. They all fell, fell in that narcissistic bucket and it really, really scarred her. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It scarred her to having limited interaction with people she do not know. That's number one. And if she does know you, she's very, very hesitant of interacting with you still. You know what I mean? Um, even down to like my siblings and stuff like this. My siblings have always been encouraging to my daughter. You know what I mean? They love her. But if she even feels that she, you, you you may um, question her life or betray her life or or give her something to doubt you, 
she's hands off with you. She's hands off. And what I've learned as a parent is because I think my daughter kind of fits in the bucket where she was like a, a, a late teen, you know what I mean, getting ready to go into college and stuff before she had got diagnosed. And what I learned from my daughter is, let me tell you, the road has been a hard road, okay? Um, and I'll say on myself, it has been a hard road because um, being able to accept things that you cannot change is the number one thing, you know, as a parent, you have to digest. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I couldn't get in my mind that I couldn't fix everything that she was, that was going on with her. You know what I mean? I was getting more exhausted, you know, by just trying to make things the way I thought it should be. Should be. Right. You mm-hmm. see what I'm saying? So, yeah. um, you know, that was huge for me. But now me and my daughter have a really good relationship. We went through mountains and valleys, so I couldn't even tell you. You, you see what I'm saying? <laughs> mountains mm-hmm. and valleys. And all she used to say is, you can't hear me. You don't know what's going on in my head. She used to always say that. Now I'm like this. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, even if I know that she's saying something in a repetitive motion, I still stop. And I listen, you know what I mean? Because it's huge because so, I want her her confidence to build her. She's still young and, and I have to help her build her confidence up. But um, I think you just are. She's fantastic. been awesome. Yes. You are fantastic. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Um, well, you mentioned uh, being in your late teens and, and dealing with these things. I realized how I, I read the book, uh, women with, women, Girls and Women with Autism Spectrum Disorder. Mm-hmm. And I read that around the time I was revising my book series. Mm-hmm. And my book series was inspired by and based on events that happened to me as a teenager. And um, I had a counselor who suggested that I write. Whenever I had one of my panic attacks, I could write about it and then come back to it later when I was clear headed and not in the moment to bring some logic to it. And as I'm reading this book, I'm like, everything about the, my teen years was exactly what they were saying in this book. <laughs> and yeah. all the difficulties with the um, socializing, even, well, it wasn't in the book, but even to the way that I played when I was smaller. I remember having fights with my sister about how to place the dolls and stuff. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> It, it was like every turn I take, I'm like finding new evidence to say that I fit into this. Even yesterday after we talked, um, it occurred to me that I have all these skulls on my desk, like um, a little lotion bottle, <laughs> oh my, <laughs> my earrings. And like um, now that was another thing that um, we would probably talk about that I'm goth as well. So not only am I out of place for being autistic and logical and blunt, but um, I, I see beauty in the dark side of things. Um, <laughs> and not that not that there's something great about the evils in the world, but um, it's just the poeticness, the um, expressions, and also just don't like bright colors. Like, <laughs> it actually kind of hurts my head a little bit. Okay. <laughs> so, wearing dark colors just feels better for me oh. I like wearing dark colors too because it made me look slimmer <laughs> <laughs> that's always good too <laughs> but you know um, I will say this much Melissa you have been like 
a an informative um, journal, you know, because everything that you have shared, and I'm I can guarantee that people listening to this episode yes. is going to be in touch with you because it is so relatable. I'm like, um, I think more people need to figure out how they can get their self tested. You know what I mean? Because right. it's not it's not it's not a, a a bad thing. You know what I mean? No, it's not. It's not a bad thing if you can live your life happier and healthier. Wouldn't you do whatever you can to find out how to get there? You you see mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Now, and Melissa, I'm so glad that we're making this the, the norm because right. we're not all the same. All of our flowers are different. We bloom differently. And I'm just I'm just glad that we're in, in, in a point in our society where we can um we're everybody with autism or not, everybody is looking to to see how they can be a healthier. Um, happier, more productive person. Right. And I'm just grateful yes. for, um, you know, Melissa just sharing everything about this because um, a lot of people that's going to listen, they're, go- they're going to be educated and enlightened yes. and, and try to figure out. So we're happy for this, but tell us about, um, uh, you have a, a podcast, talk mm-hmm. about that and talk about your books. Um, my books are Theory of Rebellion, uh, one, two, and three. They're on Amazon right now for uh, as an ebook and as a paperback. Um, the, like I said, they're inspired by my time as a teenager, and I got to go back and it, it was the intention when I first wrote it to write an adult version of me. But now that I'm, I've re-edited it when I was thirty-eight, I, I literally am the adult <laughs> version. Um, <laughs> Uh, my podcast is, um, it was the Black Alternative Author Show. Now it's the BIPOC Alternative um, Artist Show, trying to broaden things. Um, we we get on and just chat. It's me and two other metalheads just talking about our art and being in the scene, being Black and being, liking rock music. Um, and then I have a YouTube channel. That I'm still trying to figure out what to do with. I I did a vlog on there at first, but now I've moved the vlog to TikTok, mm-hmm. and um, now I'm starting to do reaction videos. Um, I've so done some goth reaction and I've done some mommy reaction to memes. Um, yeah, I'm gonna try to start putting those out Sundays. <laughs> so tell everybody how can they reach you? Um, Mel's Rebellion. My TikTok, my YouTube, and my Instagram are all Mel's Rebellion. I like that. That's true. <laughs> because the book is called Theory of Rebellion. <laughs> <laughs> and then the vlog is called Mel's Theory. But that's on the TikTok and on the YouTube. Well, I'm going to have to follow if- and Melissa, I just wanted to ask you one question, if you can. You had indicated previously that um, you unfortunately aren't able to get the testing because of cost. Is that something that is not covered by insurance or depending on the type of insurance that you have? I just want our listeners to, to know that who, who may be um, interested in having themselves tested. Um, for the places that I've looked into, um, they did not take insurance. Um, I'm not sure about places. Actually, uh, my psychiatrist looked into it too, because she has other people who's looking, not psychiatrist, my therapist. If she was a psychiatrist, she would do it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so she's let me, let me been looking into Melissa it from up. other people. 
let me back Melissa up. It is, um, I don't know why the insurance company, Chauncey, is um, so resistant against um, testing. I'll just give you an example. Like my daughter was tested when she was like 16, right? She wanted to get retested at the age now, 26, okay? Um, you got to go to a neuropsychologist, okay? It's a, it's a battery of tests they do, you know, and it, to them it's very, 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 very expensive. So you have to um, almost prove a case, you see what I'm saying, for them to even want to test you because they feel that what is your end result for being tested? You see what I'm saying? Maybe you're going into disability or whatever, but it's very, very, very expensive. And, you know, just like with anything with, um, you know, they're, they're going to put their guard up first on just doing random testing, what they would consider random testing. But I think it would be beneficial to a lot of people because maybe a lot of people felt out of place their whole life. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And they didn't get this done as a, a child because your chance of getting it done as a child is um probably more um it probably would be would happen before you are an adult because they probably look at you now you know you're fully functioning like what, what's right. what, what's the deal you, mm -hmm. you know right. what I mean? but i'm just saying from my experience from working with trying to get my daughter to have another evaluation to see if there's any other things that may need to be added on to what she um experiences day in and day out and that was a huge push pushback and the time frame to even get into a north um psychologist is damn near eight to nine months so that mm -hmm. tell you that they're few and far and th th everybody's not getting that no you know. my you know. son's diagnosis was done by his school Mm -hmm. And um, one of my theories that I came up with about um, neurodivergence in the first place, and this goes with the way that we are um, easily manipulated now by um, narcissists. Um, somewhere along the line, it, it well, okay, let me get my thoughts straight. Um, <laughs> the, the concept of being neurodivergent, well, this it's autism or dyslexia, which I also still have too. Um, it, if you look at it at a certain way, it gives you a perspective of what can advance humanity. Um, being sensitive to textures, being able to sort information. Um, also with my dyslexia, I think in um, three dimension. Um, these things allow me to be creative sometimes a lot of us are more creative and think outside the box because we don't think within social standards, social constructs. We're able to think beyond what is there. So this is like where a lot of our advancements as humans come from. So why did we stop seeing this in Western culture? Because there are other cultures who don't have this problem. Eastern culture used to take the same children with the same, well, the same type of ch children with uh, characteristics of autism at a young age. And the families are blessed. They're like, the kids going to grow up to be smart. But we see the same things and say, oh, there's yeah. a problem. Yeah. Right. So why is that? Because uh, like our society, especially Western culture, is very narcissistic from my point of view. We, people who are in power are not in power because they they earned it or they did anything is because they're intimidating or because they just feel entitled 
which is, and they can't stay in power if people are being innovative and changing the the things that put them in power. If you have like the old money people, they get their money from certain things. Like, um, let's be conscious, virtual for a little bit, Um, like gas. Like, why can't we find other ways to make cars to make the cars go? Like, people have. There are ways to doing it. Why don't we stop? Um, Why don't we just build buildings with um, solar power panels? Why do we still have to pay the electric company? (laughs) Because if we were innovative enough to change these things, certain people couldn't stay in power. That is true. Why do we have to pay for funerals? Like, yeah, the whole history of why we have funerals and why it's um, illegal to not have a funeral in the United States um, comes from, um, yeah, capitalism. Like, but if we are being innovative enough to change those things, they can't stay in power. So they have to tell us that there's something wrong with us so that we don't take over their power. And we don't care if we take over power. We just want to do our thing. (laughs) So they take advantage of that. And I feel like that's what our society has been built on. Because anthropology is one of my special interests. (laughs) <laughs> well, you're a talented I, I, woman yes she is talented <laughs> woman very much so and um i i can't i can't thank you enough for joining us melissa because you um you really did your thing you you like he <laughs> was like a journal you know oh. yeah, i was over here like i got notes and everything so um i appreciate you and um, I appreciate you, Keisha, because you 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 ran the show. And then guess what? You brought Melissa here. That was the the the, the highlight of this this episode because um, people are not aware until you educate them. Yeah, them exactly, exactly. You know, so I I I try to push back on you know dumbing down on people because you know they're not informed and. The biggest thing that we can do on this platform is inform people of um, the ins and outs of what people go through day in and day out. And I mean, look at you. You're beautiful. You're gifted. You're creative. You know, um, I don't know what other people think about what autism is. You know, I mean, I think it's almost like a shadow in people's head. But, you know, I'm thankful that you really put a lot of clarity Mm -hmm. behind behind it. So that's my final thoughts. And um. well, my final thought is that I'm just thankful that you're here to share, of course, to educate. Like Kim said, we all need to be educated on different, different things, different topics. And just to know that, um, that even though we might be different, we all the same and all have the same things and, and interests and problems and 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 whatever. And um, I'm just so grateful that you share um, your story with us to help educate um, the platform. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, 
Melissa, the same here for me. So I am, I'm appreciative that, that you've come on and you've shared your story and part of your journey. And um, I would definitely love to find out a little bit more and have the opportunity to talk with you and, and get some more information for myself. I'm totally digging the picture that you have in the background. I I did catch that she has one eyebrow and um, the mouth is twisted. So I'm just like, I don't you did really that, have. You? Yeah, I, the you know, eyebrow I, came off. Yeah. Oh, the eyebrow came off. Okay. <laughs> I, mean, I thought it was on purpose, <laughs> but um, no, it I just cool think like that though. It really does, and. <laughs> I, um, I just, I, I love the way that you presented everything to us as well, because you presented it in a way that it was just matter of fact, it was just pretty straightforward and to, um, you know, use some of the terminologies that you did so that now if I hear them going forward, I'll kind of understand what they are. Some of them seem like they're self-explanatory, but sometimes it's like, it really isn't. So it, it is good to, to, to hear you use them and to understand what they mean and um, how we can better help those that are um, struggling or going through something. And then it just makes us a little more empathetic uh, right. to those challenges. So I so appreciate you being here. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for letting me be on here. Um, I'm always looking forward to the opportunity to sharing. And if um, I've heard a lot of other people talk about their experience and it's helped me. So if I can turn around and help other people, um, thank you so much for having this platform to let me (laughs) come and um, share and express what it is that we are. (laughs) Absolutely. So in closing again, thank you, Melissa. Um, Thank you, Keisha. And always thank you, Chauncey. And um, we ask you guys to um, reach out to Melissa if you have any questions or, you know, you're just unsure. I'm I'm sure she'll, you know, walk you on your way. I'll actually put this, um, put your information in the um, post when, you know, the episode is, um, you know, put on YouTube and on our social media platform. So join us every Wednesday when we have our new episode come out. Um, You can join us on our Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and of course, YouTube pages where we keep everybody updated. So um, joining me tonight, and this is our um, show for Season four. Um, I'm your girl Kimmy, and joining is I mean that was really tongue tied. I don't know why, <laughs> but joining me on the porch tonight is um, my favorite lady. Hi, I'm Keisha. I'm Chauncey. All right, I'm Melissa. <laughs> so everybody stumbled through this, Melissa. So you know, so everybody have a wonderful week on purpose, and we'll see you next Wednesday.